0: Welcome to Minute 26 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. I'm Tom. And joining us today is Justin from Stinker Madness.
1: Hello. That's all you got to say, hello. (laughs) Man of many words, right?
0: right <laughs> apparently apparently i mean anyone who's listened to you knows that you're not but i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding everyone who's heard you knows that you are a man of many words
1: yeah so you stick up a- in front of me and i got a case of the jabber jaws
0: <laughs> okay that's fine that's fine just uh you know as long as we we don't we don't go too long we're we're good so that's <laughs> all right um so everyone so episode 26 starts off with ive's Discussing, having a discussion about birds, and it goes all the way until the end where Danny says, "As the sergeant out there says," and then that gets cut off. So we'll have to talk about that one tomorrow. What he says afterwards. So no, it's just I found it very interesting that this minute starts off, you know, when when uh, once again they're they're trying to 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 dumb down a lot of the British uh, slang and conversations so that Americans, you know, will feel more at home in this type of movie. I mean, obviously that's that's what happens in the 1960s when they made movies like this. You know, you wanted something for the American audience. And when you have a film that's 95 plus percent uh, British, you need to find a way to to get the Americans to actually want to see the movie and and feel more of a connection to it. So, you know, when Ives starts talking about birds, uh, obviously Hilts is a little preoccupied at the time. But then he goes, uh, don't you have them in the States? And he goes, what? And he says, uh, so he starts explaining what he's talking about with birds. He's actually talking about girls, which, you know, most of us at this point know what, what he's talking about. So I, I, it's basically the tail end of their conversation that we started talking about last week. Then, you know, at the beginning of this whole conversation between Hiltz and, and Ives, they're, they're talking pretty loudly so that any guards who are nearby can actually hear them. And then they, 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 then uh, Hiltz switches to whisper. When he's uh, looking at the at, at the, the 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 clay and and uh, gravel that that he seems to find in the in the cell, which is also a little strange that he actually finds it in the cell, because it's not like. You know, this is this is a place where he's been for, for that that was built a long time ago. This was just built. So that that that's how this whole minute starts off. So, uh, Justin, why, why don't you, uh, you know give us a little of your background with, with this movie? How did you get into it? You know, how did you when did you first see it? Why is it among one of your favorite movies or not? I know it is, but I'm just saying that anyway. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I think I first saw this probably when I was, it was before I was 10 years old. Um, my mother introduced me to it and, and my mother and I have a very strange movie relationship where she wasn't a big fan of quality films. She mostly liked silly films. Like, uh, she would get very passionate, uh, and, and, uh, intense and on the edge of her seat while watching such fine films as say RoboCop three. Um, and, uh, she would scream at any, at, uh, James Bond movies, it, like they were really happening. But then every now and then she had this weird thing where we, she was obsessed with World War II movies, uh, even though she wasn't alive during that period or knew anybody that served um and this was one of those films like oh you've got to watch this and of course i'm i'm between the ages of eight and ten and steve mcqueen is jumping motorcycles in and i'm like this is the raddest thing i've ever seen in my entire life uh it was
0: (laughs) yeah but you have to wait you have to you have to wait until the end of the movie to see that (laughs) right right,
1: right. (laughs) but I, i knew it was coming um i think i think it was on the cover of the vhs tape that we have um and so uh years later i go on and i i learn you know a lot about film i go to some film school and uh was reintroduced to the great escape uh during those college years and i was like oh my god this movie's just insanely good and entertaining and then about 20 years later i i re it and i was like wait there's a lot more going on in this movie than just fun action um so i i, I do think it's definitely uh fitting as as one of the the notoriously greatest movies considered of all time because uh a the cast is fantastic and b uh it's it's accessible to basically anybody and uh it's a true story and uh it ends in a very tragic manner and that you don't even realize what's going on in these people's minds until you really got things dialed in on this thing so yeah i think all the way around it's uh uh near 10, 10 out of 10
0: okay that that's the way i would rate it also and as everyone's already heard you know the, i mean i also first uh got introduced to this as a kid and uh tom also mentioned that he got first introduced to it as a kid so i i, I think it's the type of movie that has put a put a stamp on all of us at least the three of us from an early age I you know, which uh which still has apparently carried over over the uh decades
1: I've still got a, a full poster of uh, Steve McQueen on the motorcycle in my garage. So there you go. Did
0: you have do you have a motorcycle?
1: I used to. I just sold it actually 2 days ago. <laughs> and it was I when I was shopping for motorcycles, you know, I never owned one before, and uh, this is this is related, believe it or not. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, get the get the crotch rockets." You know, you can do wheelies and and wrap yourself around a, a, a telephone pole really easily. And I'm like, no, that doesn't sound good. Oh, well, then get a get a chopper. Uh, you know, you can make lots of noise and go on road trips and and look tough and with a leather jacket. And I'm like, no, that doesn't sound good. And say
0: and, and say Zed's dead. You can right. then, when you have a chopper, you can say Zed's dead, baby.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh so then i was like wait 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 no i want steve mcqueen's motorcycle i just want a motorcycle i don't want it to be any of these specialized things i just want what's called a motorcycle and sure enough i found it uh it, but it was gutless but uh it looked it, you know it looked like a motorcycle so uh that's it was all because i wanted the, this movie
0: <laughs> and did you try jumping over a fence uh, between germany and switzerland
1: uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it went about as good as you can imagine. Uh, it was an international, uh, event and I had to apologize in front of, uh, the hog. So. Okay.
0: Well, as, as long as, uh, they, they use, you know, uh, rubber barbed wire, like they did in this movie. <laughs> so you should be fine.
1: Phone books. It was Even phone if books. you crashed. <laughs> yeah. They beat me with the phone books. Uh, oh. uh the, the barbed bar wire was no problem, but, uh, yeah. Switzerland's at least a small <laughs> country, so hopefully the. Phone books aren't too thick.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, come on, it depends on what what you consider a small country. <laughs> I live in a country with nine million people. But we, I think that's a big country. You know, yes. <laughs> it all it all depends on perspective. That's uh, the way this all works. <laughs> so the thing we get in this minute is, I and mean, obviously we've got a bunch of these spur of the moment. Oh let's jump in the back of a truck, the escape attempts leading up to this. But we get Hilts giving the first plan of escape, or we get at least our first illusions of, okay, let's think about this for more than 30 seconds. And it foreshadows how they're going to escape at the end. Because it's, well, you can do a tunnel for two people one way, but how do you take that, scale it up, so now all of a sudden you're going to try to do a tunnel for 250 people. Right, that's true. I mean, I, I love the way that, that, as you said, that they alluded to the whole fact of, of, of how you can try to escape. And, and Ives then says, yeah, but you need a lot of boards to shore it up and everything like that. And someone who's never seen this before or knows nothing about tunneling, which obviously uh, most people don't know anything about tunneling, especially from a German prison camp. <laughs> But you, you, if you've seen the movie before, so then you know what they're talking about. Or if you've read the book, because the book d- describes it quite in detail, the whole idea of how you actually shore up the space as you're moving through. So they, they, they do do a great job with that. And I love the fact that, that it's, it's basically Hiltz's idea to, 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 to try to get out of here by digging. Obviously, everyone else has the same ideas, but he's the first one to express that to us, you know, as viewers, the whole thing. And the, the way that he, you know, he starts saying to Ives, "Okay, how far do you think you can get in eight hours?" <laughs> so it's it's pretty amazing that that uh, you know that that you have these characters that 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 actually have thought these things through. I mean, we talked weeks ago about the whole thing with the with Danny and Willie, you know, looking at the the from the fence to the forest, trying to figure out, okay, how far is that? I mean, they need uh, Cavendish. To, to actually do the real survey, even though he's a terrible surveyor, as we've also discussed. Right. So it's, it's interesting that you have, you know, these, these, these flyers who basically, over the course of their internment, uh, have have been able to master different types of skills, I guess you can say, about about digging and uh, about trying to escape and finding, you know, interesting ways to, to get out of this place. So I, I found it interesting that he, because if I remember correctly, they don't mention the distance. He just says, how far can you go? Mm-hmm. You know and you know he's he looks out the window and then he goes how far can you go and it's it's pretty strange you know that you wouldn't normally ask someone that question you know like if you think about it you know if you look out the window and how far is it from your house to the street
1: you know and then you go how
0: far can you dig
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i thought, they, I thought they, I think it's interesting that you bring that up that it's ives idea Whereas that's not what he's specifically, you know, each each of these guys kind of have, you know, let's say like a Danny Ocean style se- specific set of skills. Yet, Ives, his name isn't the mole. It's not Tunnel King, and we've got guys in this movie named the mole and Tunnel King. Yet, it's not their idea to dig out. It's, it's
0: I got I got it- I got to gotta... <laughs> stop you there, Justin. Ives is the mole. <laughs> No,
1: oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Not. Hiltz, Hiltz, Hiltz. Hiltz, uh, Hiltz
0: is not the mole. Hiltz, Hiltz yeah. is, is good at sitting in jail. That's his job.
1: It's <laughs> his idea to to bust out of there, but he's not a guy named the mole, right? You know what I mean? That that they made that choice that it was Steve McQueen's character that comes up with this, wait a minute, we've got Clay in here. What if we dug, not the guys that are named Tunnel King and Mole? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, I, I also found it interesting. I had to have you look up the word. I, I didn't even notice it before that they said, you know, when he asks I was a question. So Ives basically says I can cut cut through the dirt like a bit on the end of an auger. And I had no idea what the hell an auger was. So mm-hmm. I had to look it up. It's a, it's a <laughs> drill for making holes in wood or in the ground. And I mean, according to the pictures that, that, that I saw online, it, it's a pretty it's like a tractor with this this really big drill bit on the side on the end of it so it's it's interesting that that's basically the way he describes himself you know that he can get through the dirt and then he goes but the dirt's not the problem here he says it's it's shoring up the wood and storing the dirt which later on in the movie we'll discuss about how they actually store the dirt but the the book explains also uh they had ingenious ways of doing things that that are never even mentioned uh in the movie which we'll we'll get to in a few weeks don't don't want to spoil spoil that bit of information from you
1: they watched Naked Gun thirty three and a third. I think that's what they did, and learned all the methods from that movie.
0: Uh, it could be, it could be. Yeah. I, you know, I got to say that's, that's that's the one I don't really remember that well. <laughs> Even it has the Oscars. I'm, I'm a big Oscar fan, and that's the one with the Oscars. But uh, no,
1: he but no. he has to bust out of prison in that one, and it's it's directly stolen from this movie in, in comedic fashion. How how they get out? We'll I'll have, have to watch
0: have to, have, to, have to watch that again just to see what uh,
1: how he gets out
0: oh i think i think he like they show him popping up his head in a whole bunch of different places right uh they there...
1: have a they have a baseball game and uh he's got dirt in his pants and so he oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah okay takes
1: the dirt <laughs> yeah. out of his pants and then it basically comes this huge mountain at the home plate
0: <laughs> yeah that's right okay now i remember that that fact and then and then i love the the way that that, that mcqueen then says to ives he goes um uh, what do you call a, a mole in scotland you know <laughs> And again, this is this is something that that's just, you know, placating to, to the Americanism of the whole thing. They're trying to show, OK, you know, here you have characters that are trying to be more international. So maybe there's like this special word that they use in Scotland, you know, for a mole. And then I was just retorts back a mole. What do you think?
1: <laughs> I actually uh, uh, I'm, I'm I actually am going to deduct half a star just for that line. Because, and it's not this movie's fault, it makes me specifically think of that line in X-Men where Storm is about to, you know, she's fighting Toad and she says, What happens to a Toad when it gets struck by electricity? The same thing as everything else. And it just it's such a groan-inducing line, and I hate it so bad that anything (laughs) that gets close to that realm, I instantly go back to that and it makes me a little, it makes me revulsed inside of myself. So I, I have to, you know, I have to... Take it away from this movie, <laughs> right?
0: I, I I can understand that, and and I also like the way that they keep us in suspense with what his idea is here. You know, he doesn't mean, he doesn't really tell his idea. We're not going to hear about his idea even this week. His, his idea is only going to come out next week. You know, with you know, he, he, they just they tease it a little bit. This is like a way of teasing what's going to happen in the future by by talking about it. Because he goes, "What are you going to do with the dirt?" And he says, "Oh, that that's what he mentions about the mole. Which I don't really know when I, I actually I guess that that actually does make sense because a mole moves the the dirt behind them, which is more or less what they they choose to do. I, I, I guess for someone you know who's seen the movie, they can figure out what it is that they're actually going to do. And then after after they uh, finish in uh, their this, this discussion with the two of them, they uh, take us outside again, so we get to see a whole bunch of the other characters once again. We see them like lounging around. You know, they're all standing outside waiting. You know, near near the barracks, you have Ashley Pitt, McDonald, Danny, Willie, Handley, eventually you know, basically most of the the ex, uh, the future ex-committee uh, of the camp. You know, they're just talking around. You know, I, I love how they go, uh, well, the first thing Hadley says to um, to Ashley Pitt, so what do you think, Navy? You know, because as, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, Ashley Pitt's the, the, uh, a Navy flyer. And he's pretty much the only one that that uh, is prominently featured here. So I, I I thought that was a funny way of, uh, you know, expressing it, that they're basically somewhat looking, they, they know his skills and they know how important he is to the whole ex-organization, but they still, you know, play it down a little bit about, you know, uh, you're from the Navy, you're not from the Air Force like the rest of us. And you get to see uh, Sedgwick, uh, you know, in the background with all of them. Again, someone who hasn't seen this movie before doesn't know who these characters are and they don't really... Realize the way that they're they're framing all of these characters in the same place. I mean throughout the, as, as we discussed uh, over the last few weeks, a lot of times you have uh, most of the prisoners prisoners uh, loitering around and're they're, they're walking around in ones or twos. You, you rarely have more than that if you look at all the characters in the background and here you get a scene where they're putting six characters right in in the, the, the same frame. Which again, as as again, as we've discussed many times, that that also shows the the ensemble cast, the the way that this this movie was made was is that there's there's no one who's who's uh, more important than everyone else. They need to all be there. They all have their little parts, as you mentioned the Ocean's Eleven connection <laughs> earlier. You know, everyone has their own parts. Uh, it's in a lot of heist movies, basically you know this guy this is this is his specialty and this is his specialty and this is his specialty and and then you put them all together and then they're able to do the the heist in in this in this film basically you have a lot of actors who were recognizable at the time who uh, obviously uh, some of them had had big careers before some of them had big careers following this movie here you just put them all together in in the same frame which again cho- shows that they're all of equal status the only cool stature along the way, except for uh, Steve and then, McQueen isn't in the frame. <laughs> well, because Steve McQueen is, 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 as far as he's concerned, he's above everyone else. <laughs> yes. There's no question about that. Right. You know, he, he does get his name uh, first in the credits, which uh, you know, as anyone who knows about Steve McQueen's uh, history in in many movies, uh, he he said, if I'm not the first in the credits, I'm not going to be in your movie, uh, which which is why the whole Towering Inferno travesty happened. You know, with uh, you know, there they actually were down to counting words to make sure that they all have, that that he and uh, Paul Newman have the same amount of uh, lines throughout the movie. And then I, I, I love the, the the line right after that, where uh, I think it's McDonald that says it's an interesting first 20 minutes. You know, the, the, the movie's actually been going on for 26 minutes. But as we know, the first five minutes, nothing happened. So so it pretty much is true to form by by saying that, you know, it's it's. I guess you can sort of say that that these twenty minutes are uh, in real time. So I, I think that's a, a great way of looking at
1: it, which is surprising because so much happens during that twenty minutes. I mean, they try like twenty times to escape this prison. <laughs> I mean, all on the fly. They're, these guys are busy. They're 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 getters. They they don't uh, they're not ones to procrastinate. Like let's let's get this stuff done.
0: <laughs> what well, wanna... they... for they they gave them a lot of time to think on the truck on the truck ride over, <laughs> you know. Let's, we're going to put you in in trucks for for three four hours and travel across Germany or wh- however long uh, you know those those truck rides were. So obviously they, they're all going to talk and uh, trying to think of okay, what have you tried doing? And they're they're going to be you know you know baking secrets one to the other, you know. Then <laughs> mm-hmm. then I love the fact that that, that Willie says that we've made fools of ourselves. Which, which anyone who, who looks at what happened, you know that they didn't make fools of themselves. They actually showed that, they actually, that, that they're able to, to, to think fast and try to think of different ideas. Uh, the fact that uh, Strachwitz, you know, uh, forgave most of them, helped them. <laughs> you know, not everyone like, is like Hilts where, uh, you know, you piss off uh, someone too much, so you're going to actually sit in the cooler for 20 days. Do you, do you have anything else for, for, for this minute?
1: not specific to
0: this one no okay well we're only specifically talking about this one
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's jump to minute 57
0: <laughs> if you want to talk about it you got to come tomorrow to listen to the next minute <laughs> basically the, the 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 funny thing here also is is that that the the last line of this minute is charles bronson saying as the sergeant out there said this is only the first day which uh, again is foreshadowing about how much they're actually going you know, to try to do over the course of uh, the time that they're going to be in this camp. Obviously, the the movie truncates the whole storyline, but the real storyline took place over a year. And they, for anyone who's read the book, have you have you read the book, Justin? I haven't. Okay, you, you should get around to, to trying to find a copy of it because it's especially someone who knows the movie well when you're reading it. It, it fills in a lot of gaps. At, 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 on the one hand, on the other hand, it, it, it distorts everything. Because it's telling the truth, or actually, I, let me rephrase that: the movie is actually what distorts everything. <laughs> but someone who's seen the movie so much, you know, you, you know I, I, I was reading the book and I'm saying, "Well, this didn't happen in the movie, so how could it really happen?" I, I got to give a lot of cre- a credit to the to the screenwriters, who who definitely did a great job of of taking uh, the real story that that in itself is exciting, and then James James or and uh, W W R Burnett, and they took something that's so exciting and they made it even more exciting in a completely different way, where it doesn't detract from the real story. Do you either have anything else to say? Nope. All right. You can contact us by email to thegreatminute at gmail.com. Facebook group is The Cooler. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. And our Twitter handle is greatescapemxm. So, Justin, do you have anything you want to plug here at the, at the end?
1: You can find me at uh, stinkermadness.com, uh, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. Uh, and then follow us on all of the socials, forward slash stinker madness. All right. And you want to come back and join us tomorrow? I would love to. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad.
0: All right. So we'll see everyone tomorrow. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh.